When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening. This is Love Sport Radio with your West Ham fan show from 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock tonight. My name is Aaron Paul. Joining me this evening, James Jones from West Ham. All right, pal? All right. And Frankie Levin from Hammers Chat. Evening. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. You, don't, you don't seem like buzzing. I'm buzzing, mate. You don't see me. I'm he's, buzzing. He's hung over. He was at the game yesterday. Oh, schoolboy. Schoolboy. Literally. <laughs> uh, chaps, on the back of, of, of a massive, massive win for, for West yeah. Ham United. Yeah. Some outside in the office uh, have turned around this evening and said they didn't expect it. Brian Moore himself said it's the shock result of the weekend. What is it to you? What does it mean for you to, to have grabbed that essential three points? A 3-1 win, so it's comprehensive. You can't yeah. sit back and go, yeah, you scraped it. I think West Ham did very, very well. They played a, a, a good system they countered Everton well they countered whatever Everton were playing very well and, and you trump Marco Silva yeah it's we deserved the win it was nice for us to get a result where we actually deserved it rather than scrape it as you said I woke up I woke up yesterday morning and I had one of those feelings I thought do you know what if we're, we're going to win today because I, I saw the list of injuries and suspensions that Everton have got and I thought yeah I mean Huddersfield got managed to get a point there at Goodison Park last week and I thought oh, do you know what we're, we're going to win we're going to win it had to come you, you'd have looked at the, that uh, fixture at the beginning of the season gone now nah, we'll never win now I think that was our fourth or fifth season in the Premier League here at Goodison Parks so we don't win there often but to go there and play the way that we did and uh, we, uh, we tactically we, we were far far better than we have been all season and it, it's just such a relief actually more than joy and 
you know, jubilation. It's just a relief to finally get get some points on the board. And what about yourself, Frankie? I mean, what did it mean for you to to go and get that? What what has it done for the West Ham sort of family? I mean, I've seen messages of jubilation on social media. West Ham fans absolutely going for it. I don't think they expected it. I think everyone expected maybe a point, maybe a high score and draw. I went for a two-two personally. I thought it would be one of those games where you're going to get both teams going for it. Everton. Look, they've got injuries. Seven players out. Seven big, big names out. Uh, Michael Keane, Andre Gomez, Yeremina, Beningami, uh, McCarthy, all out, all out. But they went and, and, and you guys were able to, uh, to do something about the threat that they offered. Yeah, it was a fantastic performance. Um, Pellegrini got the tactics spot on. Um, in the midfield is where we won the game, I think, personally. Uh, Declan Rice was outstanding in midfield, mm. uh, dictated the play very well. And our counter-attacking was just a little bit too much for their defence to handle on the day. And the likes of Yarmolenko and Anderson either side of Arnautovic uh, proved quite deadly. And um, hopefully we can take that confidence into our next game. Yeah, there's a piece on the BBC Sport website. It's been the front page, which is uh, uh, sort of a, uh, a quote me of, uh, of of Leon Osman, where he is he has talked about how West Ham United uh, have found a system that works, but the crisis isn't over. Where do we go first? What talk talk to me about the system? Well, he's he's he put Declan Rice back in, and a lot of people. I mean, I raised my eyebrows because I, I I thought that maybe Declan Rice had fallen out of favour of Pellegrini, but he's put him straight back in front of that back four as a holding midfield. He's played three in midfield. He's allowed our two winger uh, our wingers Yarmolenko, Yarmolenko starting. I think was huge for us as well. But him and him and Ant, uh, Anderson on 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 either side were just allowed to play that a little bit further upfield uh, because of the the midfield three that we had. Um, and our, our full-backs, our full you know, they got forward, but, you know, it was a lot more of a, a disciplined defence. And it just allowed the midfield to really boss, boss the mid, middle of the park and then start attacks from there, you know. And when Everton switched to a 4-4-2, what, with two minutes before the end of the end of the uh, the first half, that really, I mean, he, he's gone from, what, a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-4-2. Yeah. Knowing we've got three men in midfield, I mean... We had the extra man for the whole of the second half, and we, I mean, Declan Rice had so much time in the ball, it was ridiculous. And Pedro Obiang with the power of the third goal, it just showed that we have got the we have got the players we've got the we've got the ability to really to really have a system that works on the Pellegrini and I think that's a system now he's got to stick with three in midfield push your wingers up a little bit higher and um, have someone capable of just de- just protecting that defence a little bit more and Declan Rice did that brilliantly Is that the settled midfield now uh, you know Rice, Noble and Obiang is that how you expect to see him going forward obviously you know some tough fixtures coming up uh, starting with Chelsea Sunday afternoon it's going to be a massive one at the London Stadium you know let's look past the Carabao Cup it's Macclesfield Town you'd expect to get something off them you know a team who have just come back into the mm. football league but then you look at Man United at home Brighton away your Spurs at home Leicester away they're not easy fixtures I mean this team has done well against Everton but this is an Everton team who and I don't want to take any shot off it because that's you know that's not my job let's you know look positively but also be pragmatic in the sense of you know is this the settled midfield three that is going to lead West Ham forward into those fixtures Frank? Um, I think for Chelsea that will be the midfield three that starts um, with Wilshere being out injured um, and there's no reason to change a win inside in my opinion other than the Arnautovic injury we might mm. have to force that change but that midfield three was very well was just superb against Everton mm. um, the one thing I will say about the midfield is at times I feel like we lacked a link between our midfield and forward players. We relied a lot on Felipe Anderson and Yarmolenko. 
I think if we had like a Lanzini instead of a Noble, um, we would have had a lot more joy than we than we already did have. But no, that midfield three works very well, um, and there is no reason to change that if it if it is working. I think. I think it's the sort of system and the sort of midfield three that would allow players like Lanzini or even Jack Wilshere when, when they both come back from injury. Wilshere is obviously going to be back a little bit, a lot, a lot sooner than Lanzini. Mm. It's the sort of midfield three and system that would allow players like that to slot in nicely, and then, as Frankie said, like provide that link-up play between the the, the forwards and the uh, and, and the midfield, and without having to rely too much on your, your wide players creating anything and. It, it, it was such a relief to to see a system a system click. I felt as if something clicked yesterday. I know we can't get carried away. Um, we, we've been guilty of getting carried away quite a lot in the past mm. after after one or two wins. But for for something to click like that under under Pellegrini, who's really struggled to get a first result, he's got that first result now. The players will be buzzing. The players will have a lot of confidence. Um, with that, with with that lineup, Fra- uh, Frankie said. I mean, it won't. I think it will be unchanged, barring the unanswered situation. We mm. don't really know what's up with that. But you know, if we can play that at home, a little bit more of a conservative midfield three that is, rather than a you know something with a bit of creativity. You know, I, I, I don't want to don't get too carried away. But yeah. you know, I mean, I, 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 why can't we get a result against Chelsea now? Why can't we get a result? Chaps, obviously, Wilshere and Hernandez have featured quite a lot in the opening start of the season. They've been criticised somewhat. Javier Hernandez just doesn't look like the player he was at Manchester United, firing goals in left, right, and centre. Do you think it was more of a help than a hindrance them being out, given an opportunity for someone like Declan Rice to settle into the midfield, Arnautovic playing through the middle, a change of style somewhat? Do you think it was a benefit to have them just sort of out of the picture, just to see how things can change? I wouldn't go as far as say it was a benefit. I mean, they're, they're two very, very good players on their day, so to have those two players available... Um, would have been nice I think um, I think had Hernandez been on the bench he probably would have come on instead of uh, Antonio when when Arnautovic was injured and he would have been a good option I think he would have been a better option than Antonio personally but I suppose I can see your point he tried a, a midfield three without Wilshere and he, it worked it, it, it worked so I mean in hindsight okay it was a good thing that they weren't there because it, it gave us an opportunity to pick a winning 11 but you know I think having players with that, of that sort of calibre available can only be a good thing mm, um, I think the Jack Wilshere injury uh, is obviously a blow for us because he's a good player but it gave the chance. It gave a chance for Declan Rice to prove that he is he can play in that midfield position, mm. and for people not to judge him just just off that Liverpool game. Um, and I think he did that really well. And not just only Declan Rice, but Pedro Obiang as well. Um, I thought he played very well yesterday, and he deserves a lot of praise for his performance. And I think those two will probably be one of the first names on the team sheet for the Chelsea game. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I don't know what the extent of Wilshire's injury is, but if Wilshire does come in, I, I think it'll be noble that comes out. Mm. I mean, it says an ankle injury online. You know, you, you're looking around it. It just says an ankle injury. No return date expected. Um, as you know, as we speak, effectively, Marco Antovic, however, they're expecting to be back for Chelsea. How important is is, is he? Um, obviously, playing down the middle, he's converted from this winger. He looks like. A, a bit of a, a Zlatan. He's obviously tall. He's got a good frame on him. He looks like he can bustle with the best of them, and he looks like he's thriving playing up top. He's he's huge for us. Um, what is it? I mean, I mean that's that stat that came out. I'm just bringing it up now that uh, he's 
He's been involved in 2018. He's been involved in uh, 16 goals. Um, only Salah's been involved in more in this calendar year. Um, and the other players around him on 16 are Aguero, Hazard and Kane. So for for a player at, at West Ham to be sort of rubbing shoulders with those sort of players in it, it, like you know, in goal involvement, says a lot about how important he is to, to West Ham United and what he offers us going forward, and how you know how how we do we do sadly rely on on him up front. I mean, it, we, ideally we we shouldn't really be relying on one player, but at the moment we do, and he showed it yesterday just how important he is. Yeah, I think the whole. I've said it before. I think Arnautovic plays much better alone as a striker than as opposed to playing two up top. Um, if he has support from the wide players, he, I feel like he plays much better. Um, and that showed again yesterday. He, was, he put in a good performance and got his goal. Um, and Yarmolenko and him look, look like they have a bit of a connection going forwards, which is always good to see. So hopefully we're not too reliant on Arnautovic because if we become over-dependent on what he's, do, what he's doing, um, we could find ourselves in trouble. But I think we've got the quality to replace him if he does get injured. But obviously it would be a huge blow for him to miss that Chelsea game because he is so crucial to us. Do you chaps agree with Leon Osman that the crisis isn't effectively over? Don't get me wrong, you're out of the relegation zone and there's plenty of teams, I mean look you know, I, I came into this office today and we sat down and we just looked at the weekend's results and we looked at teams and we go, right your early front runners to go down I think Burnley are in big, big trouble mm. um, Huddersfield look like they're in trouble as well, there's just a lack of quality there. To be fair, I can see it being a shootout between Cardiff and Newcastle you know, Newcastle are just devoid of confidence the fans are, are revolting against the ownership uh, and Cardiff you just don't know what you're going to get with Neil Warnock don't get me wrong he, he's only stayed up once I think it's in five attempts in the Premier League with Sheffield United and is in, in, in no he didn't even stay up with them no sorry he's only completed one full season mm. in the Premier League that was with Sheffield United I don't think he's ever kept a club up mm. um, Neil Warnock so you know It'd be interesting to see how he does with Cardiff. Obviously, you know, we've, we're have we only, what, five games into a 38-game a season, so that, that's a long shot off. But, you know, what do you make of those comments by Osman? I presume you obviously watched Match of the Day yesterday. What do you think he, he's going on about with a crisis? And is that a word that's just panned about too much? I don't think there's a crisis. I didn't. I never believed that there was a crisis even after the four de- defeats. I know, you know, we were coming in here every week and, you know, we were we were moaning about it and we were, we were wondering where the next win was going to come from. We weren't confident about getting a result at Everton. But as we've just proved, we've, we've gone and got a result at Everton. Hmm. So, I mean, it is early days. We've got, as we know, we've got Chelsea and Man United next. We've got Brighton away after that. Brighton away is not going to be an easy fix. So, as I said, you can't, we can't get carried away. But at the same time, we need to, to we need to build on this performance, let on the result, the performance, mm. and really learn from that mm. from from that performance and go, okay, well, you know, we we've, we've played like that now. Let's let's go let's go and do that again. Let's play that same system. Um, and okay, it, it might not work against the. the the, the big clubs like Chelsea and Man United but you know you don't know in, unless you try it so I, I can see where Osman's coming from but I, I wouldn't call it a crisis I think crisis is a bit of a strong word it is a strong word granted I, I completely agree with you obviously you know there's an element of sensationalism about the piece and they want people to click on it but you know hey you, you've, you've got to read in into these things you've got to look at them um, talk to me about Mark Noble in the midfield because you know we've talked about him the past few weeks and how you know he's just slowing down somewhat but yesterday what, what did you make of him I thought he played alright um, in the early exchanges he was quite sloppy in possession 
Um, but whenever he plays, I just feel like we look so much more organised um, as a unit. And he's just such a leader on the pitch um, whenever he plays. And he put in a good performance. He was he was pressing. He sort of played more more advanced of the three midfielders, which I found quite interesting. But it worked quite well because it allowed Rice and Obiang to sort of sweep in and cover. Um, and those midfield three never really were never really eight or ten yards away from each other. Um, and if Noble's got legs around him like Declan Rice, um, he'll he'll have good games like that. He'll show what quality he brings to this West Ham side. And I think players like him are really important if we are going to sort of get points when we are struggling. Really, I mean, he, he reacted really quickly to that to that Pickford mistake that led to the second goal. So, I mean, he's still he's still got it. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt in that. You know, he has lost a, a half a yard, and he, he's not the player that he was maybe like four or five years ago. But the fact that you know he reacted quickly to that, I know it. It, it was sort of like a, it was like a fifty-fifty challenge his second ball, but his second his second touch. But that ended up at Yarmolenko's feet, and Yarmolenko goes and makes it two 0 So, I think I think he's an important part of the team. I don't think he'll be in the team as regularly as we're used to seeing him. I think if Wilshere can stay fit for a prolonged period of time and once Lanzini's back, then I think that midfield three will will go on without him as a starter. But you know, he's had his, he's had what, fourteen, fifteen years in the starting eleven and you know, he might be he might he might be club captain, but you know, he's probably t- and I think he'll agree as well, it's probably time for him to maybe step aside. Were you guys a bit concerned, you know, obviously going in at half time conceding that goal late on from, from Gilfy Sigurdsson were you a bit like oh this has the making yes. of something where Everton are going to come back and, <laughs> yes. and, and, and build on their momentum obviously half time just before half time people say it's a great time to get a, a uh, an opening goal maybe to break a deadlock because you know managers have to sort of tear up their plans at half time however getting a goal at to make it 2-1 before half time is not good because you, you need the momentum to carry on you know, yet you've got a 15-minute break ahead of you where you're like, right, okay, sit down. And and West Ham will now doubt going to come in, refresh from, you know, a team talk given by Manuel Pellegrini. Um, you know, might, maybe you can have some other characters in the dressing room piping up going, you know what, come on, guys, let's show a bit of steel. So, but, but I mean, I'm, I'm keen to get your views in terms of how you felt pre, just just before the half-time whistle went, effectively, when Sigurdsson grabbed that goal. I think, naturally... Every West Ham fan were like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter whether it was a minute or it could have been a minute or or, or 10 minutes before half-time. You, you really felt, yeah, okay, we're going to throw this away. This is gonna, we're either going to draw this or we're going to lose it. Um, so that's that's what was so encouraging to see us go and get that third goal. Restore the two-goal cushion um, and then see the game out. And I think that's testament to how hard the team have worked in training on, on this system. The fact that you can go to Everton, I know it's a depleted Everton team, but to go to Everton and go to a new up, okay, have a bit of a setback before half time, but then go and restore that cushion and then see the game out. You know, it's a sign. It's a sign that we're definitely making strides, definitely improving. Yeah, I think that international break came at a perfect time for us. Yeah. Um, allowed the players to just sort of reset, um, regather, and it showed against Everton. Really, as soon as we, as soon as they scored that goal, everyone was going to be like, "Oh, here we go." Mm. Um, but to show the character we did to hold on, um, come out second half and play just the way we were in the first half and not let that goal affect their performance um, and then go and score a third was really pleasing and really promising going forwards because we haven't just thrown in like we usually would. The old West, well, the usual West Ham would sort of throw that away. Uh, we'd come away with it from maybe a point or none. Um, but we stayed strong, we stayed resilient, um, we stuck to the job and we got the three points. Ooh.
in the table I know it's obviously it's really early and we probably deserved a couple more points but the three points are a massive massive boost for us it doesn't matter what team you are in the league whether you're Man City or whether you're a team down the bottom you know you have to do those fundamentals those basics uh, you have to work hard for each other you have to uh, put in a shift for each other and um, particularly away from home they did that yesterday and then with the quality that they've got kind of going forward you know they're always going to score goals so um, it was it was, a, it was a vastly improved performance and a needed win with a couple of difficult games now coming up off the back of yesterday there you go, West Ham United captain Mark Noble talking after their 3-1 win against Everton at Goodison Park. And then Danny Gabadon, who joined Ian Stone this morning on the Comedy Breakfast Show, just uh, talking about West Ham's quality in depth. you got to admit, he's got a point. You know, Arnautovic, Yarmolenko and Anderson could really, you know, scare teams. Well, that's what we... When we bought the likes of Anderson and Yarmolenko, that's what we, we were expecting. We were expecting those three to combine and, and, and make a, a solid front three. Um, with the likes of Perez and Hernandez on the bench as well, there's, there's, there's depth there. So, I mean, it's, it's nice to finally see that, that investment um, really start begin to pay off, really. I mean, I know it's only one game, but, I mean, they've all shown... The likes of Yamalenko and Anderson have shown glimpses of promise in previous games as well, the ones we haven't won. So, it's nice that it's finally clicked. Yeah, certainly. Let's go to the Lions. Let's talk to Ahmed. He's in Dartford. Evening, Ahmed. Hello there. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thanks. Pal, what can I do for you? Hi, guys. I just wanted to say... I mean, you're talking about Mark Noble. I was going to say to the guys from West Ham, thank, I'm a Charlton Athletic fan... Um, Thanks very much for loaning us Josh Cullen. From what I've seen of him so far, he's going to be one of our key players in our promotion push. And I wouldn't be surprised, perhaps, next season, um, he could be the next Mark Noble. Well, I've seen he's, he's already got a couple of assists for you, hasn't he, Ackman? Already, yes. Yeah, he's, he, was, he's, he was showing... I mean, he, he set um, uh, Colin Grant up with fantastic through ball. Unbelievable. The vision was fantastic. He's got, he's got what it takes. He just needs to get the experience. He's... He's a sort of player that a lot of West Ham fans hoped would really break into the first team this year. And it, after a few years of going out on loans, like to Bradford and uh, really go back, you go Bolton as well, I think. So yeah, yeah, um, right, yeah. we we kind of we kind of were hoping that he. I mean, he played a lot in pre-season, hoping he'd get get a break. But um, it's it's good to see him performing performing for you guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as I said, he's definitely one for the future. And I, I think, you know, as I said, as long as he gets the, he uses this season as perhaps as a springboard, I, 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 I'd like to think that next season he will be in your first team. I mean, you've also got another former West Ham youngster. Is it Lewis Page is at Charlton? Yeah, got, yeah, Lewis Page. Yeah, but yeah, Page done really well this season. Yeah, he, he, at the back end of last season, he was doing really well, and he's really hit the ground running. Yeah, he's a, he's another key player. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. He reminds you a bit like Wiggins. Do you remember uh, Wiggins who used to play for us? Yeah. Yeah, but he, he's very much like that. You know, he's very direct. He, he uses his pace. He wants to get to the byline and, and can cross on the move, which is actually quite difficult. There you go, the West Ham Charlton connection work. Just going back to obviously those comments by Danny Gabadon. Frankie, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think he's bang on, to be fair. Um, we've always, these past couple of games, we've lacked players that are were sort of trying and actually just giving the, hun- giving the 100% that most West Ham fans want. And I think the likes of Noble. 
put a few home truths into that dressing room before that Everton game. Um, and it looked like we were doing the basics well. We were moving the ball uh, quite well at times. Um, and we were much more careful when we had the ball. We didn't just give the ball away. Um, and it was it was a good performance. And we did get the fundamentals right. And we need to set, sort of take that into the next game. Um, if we are going to get anything from Chelsea, we're going to have to be even more committed and even more resilient. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think... Um I think well, Mark Noble said 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 it after after the game yesterday, and he said in his column on the in the paper on Friday that they they all sat down after that Wolves game and they they thrashed it out mm. in that dressing room, and they they had a real real chat and just gone look, we've got to take a hot, long hard look at ourselves and really sort this out, otherwise we're going to get into more like, a deeper trouble. So it sounds like that worked. He said that he, he and he and Marco were were instrumental in that chat. Um, and it's so it's good that you know they they realised early on that this wasn't acceptable and you know the longer this went on, the more and more you know trouble that they've dig, dig themselves into. So it's it's good that they've got the characters like the Larson and I will Larson Marco and Altovich to to really look look at themselves. And go, we need to be better, and we've already seen that. I mean, it, it was brilliant just to see the reaction. Joining us now on the line is former West Ham United striker Steve Jones. Evening, Steve. Hi, Aaron. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us this Monday night, Steve. First and foremost, um, you know we're, we're looking back at the first five or so games of the season. What did you make of those those opening four? You know, it was. It was such a disappointing start, but to to come and and and, and to head to Goodison Park to grab those three points in the, in the way West Ham did, showing professionalism, bit of courage, and and just downright hard work, it must have pleased the West Ham fans. Oh, without a doubt, I think the performance and the uh, and to be honest with you, when I saw the team sheet uh, when it first came out, I was that's that's the best team I've seen so far that he's put out and. Um, um, I, I think he's, I think Pellegrini's had it quite tough. He's had a lot of new players. I think he's thrown him in a few people in. He, he's not known his proper side, and it's been very difficult. The Liverpool game was a tough game to start with as well, but things were getting a little bit sour after the one 0 defeat at home from Wolves. But um, that was magnificent yesterday. Fantastic team performance um, and totally dominant. So things are looking up. What do you make of the new midfield uh, three? You know, that's something that we've been focusing on in the opening sort of half hour of the show. You know, Declan Rice, uh, Martin Obon, Pedro Obiang, them three working as a unit together and working hard as well in that midfield. You know, Rice seemed to, to Rice, excuse me, seems to be the perfect foil for, for Martin Noble. Yeah, I thought the midfield three, I mean, after the game that I saw um, on the Wolves' home defeat, I, I did question Mark Sanchez and Wilshere, Wilshere being in there. They didn't seem to have much legs in there. There weren't there weren't much going on. It's little really from from the previous three games. And I, and I think Nobs gives Nobs gives you heart. Nobs wears his heart on his sleeve, and, and he's a good player. There's no don't, don't stay in the Premier League for as long as he has mm. and be skipper for as long as he has. And he was he was excellent yesterday. I thought, and I thought Pedro Albiang arguably was close to being man of the match. And Declan Rice just was dominant and was really, really good. I think if you're going to play him in midfield in there, he will have games where he'll find it tough because of the quality of the opposition as you go along and you play teams. But as a free a Sunday, they were different class, all three of them. Steve, talk, talk to you about Declan Rice. I mean, it, 
he had that really tough um, first game of the season against Liverpool where he's playing in the same role as he was playing yesterday almost. And um, yeah. he, he sat out ever since and then he's been thrown straight back into that position where, I mean, it must have been on his mind, you know, oh, you know, last time I played here I got hauled off at half-time. Um, what does that say about, about the young man's character that he's gone back in there and just put in a performance like that only, what, what a month after after being hauled off? Oh, no, his character. I don't think... I don't think you have to worry with Declan Rice like that, and I don't think you have to worry ability-wise. I think he will just get better and better. He's a very calm and very assured player. But obviously, when, when you're in the Premier League, you, you're going to come up against teams and get players sometimes that you won't be able to deal with them. And that's, that's going to be on occasion. That's going to happen. But for me, I, I think he's... Let's be fair, his opening game is against Liverpool away as well. Mm. I mean, you probably couldn't pick a tougher game. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he's really been it thrown uh, to the lines there a little bit, uh, being hauled off and obviously not put straight back in. But the greatest thing about it is like he's come back in, he's shown what he's about again. The three of them have dominated that midfield for the whole, virtually the whole game, really. Mm. Um, and he stands his authority straight back on it, and he, he, he should be once again. It should be that three again Saturday, Sunday. Um, Steve, do you think Declan Rice's best position is in that midfield, or do you think he would perform better as a centre half? I think he's good at both positions. I think he might get exposed a little bit more in centre midfield because, for me, centre midfield is the hardest position on the pitch. Mm. So at times he may get. Um, you've got to in mind he's going to be he's going to be a defensive midfielder, so he's going to cut up against the hazards, centres, and. Uh, Salas and them sort of players and also we're talking about the top three or four or five players in the Premiership mm. so he will find it hard at times to be used in that centre midfield uh, role but I, I think he does it I think he's been good there I think he was good there at Arsenal I think last season was he he played there first game I'm yeah. sure he did yeah. away and yeah. he was excellent again I, I think he's got a great future there it's just once again it needs a manager to have, to have faith in you mm-hmm. you know what I mean Pe- Pellegrini needs to play in there and keep playing them free, um, which I would do, because I don't think any of the other centre midfielders, in my eyes, are as good as them three anyway. Do you you think know, I've always said, I've always thought Obiang and Noble is our strongest two. Do you think that uh, Manuel Lanzini will, will start straight back in there once he's fit again, perhaps in the new year? He may do, he may have to go, he may go left, he may go right, behind the front man. He'll be interested to see what he does once again. When when he does come back, we gain another world class player. Mm. So that's, that's, then that's down to Pellegrini, obviously to sort out his tactics and try and slot him in there somewhere. But if we're on a winning run and playing well and playing as well as we did Sunday, then obviously Lanzini's left to wait for his chance. Talking of, talking of class players, I mean, what have you made of um, Yarmolenko and Anderson? Obviously, they, they kind of they, they formed a nice part of a nice three yesterday with Arnautovic. Uh, we spent a lot of money on both of them. I mean, what have you made of, of, of particularly Anderson? Actually, given he was at what forty million quid. Um, I, I, I was, the two games I've seen him play at home, I was disappointed. Yeah, but you could definitely see there's a player in there, obviously, and and, and he's showing flashes and more flashes of it now. So hopefully, maybe with him, he's been a little bit getting used to the Premiership, you know. So it's been a little bit tough for him because obviously the four defeats as well, and with the forty million price tag, he must have felt a little bit of pressure. Anyone would do, you know. So mm. I mean, he does seem to be a quality, quality player. 
So I think we, I, I think we're only going to see better from him. And Yarmolenko for me is very impressive. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he was very impressive yesterday. He looks strong, quick. He's got a good left foot, obviously. Yeah, he looks he looks dangerous. And he showed it with two goals yesterday. And with an out of itch, if you can get two players of quality around that man who is obviously top quality as well then you're, you're in the money to score goals. And I think Pellegrini does like to play attacking. I think he's been fanned out a little bit by doing that in the first four games, you know, at times. But he is an attacking manager, and, and it's good to see. You know, he, he wasn't looking at, at 3-1 yesterday, he wasn't looking at shutting up shop. He was looking for a fourth. Yeah. So, so that's, that's good to see. That's the attitude you want to see from uh, from from leaders in your team, Steve. Being a being a former forward, I mean, what do you make of Javier Hernandez's situation at West Ham? He, he can't seem to find the right combination of things to do, and he can't seem to find the end product. What what do you think it is? Obviously, you know, you would know. Obviously, being a, a former striker, naturally they're confidence players, and and is is that a is that the case? Is he lacking confidence, or is it something else? Is it the style? What what is it? I don't know really. I mean, we all. I mean, at West Ham myself, I went for a lot of times where I was always pushing to be in the team. I'd come in and score a couple, then I'd be dropped again, and and, and, it, and it was tough because obviously it was over a year period, and it's, I think it's tough on Hernandez as well. The problem is with Hernandez is an Outwich is a better player, mm. and if you're going to play one man up and you're going to focus around that middle man, which. To be honest with you, an Altovich is probably one of the top five strikers in the division at doing that. Mm. If you get the right players around him, it's going to be hard for Hernandez to get in that side. It's going to be hard. But then again, if, if he wants to persist and get in the side, he will do. If he wants to move on, he will do. I feel a little bit sorry for him, but that, that happens to strikers. But is it a case of maybe Arnautovic is willing to work harder, he's willing to run the channels and, and you know, sort of, again, hustle with the defenders to make sure that he, he gets the end product? Obviously, we know, you know, Javier Hernandez was was sort of a glorified goal hanger at Manchester United. The guy used to sit and wait for the ball bit to, to be fed into him. He was he was always on the end of something. He was that poacher, effectively. With Arnautovic, he seems like he's crafted himself. And, and again, this is the big point with him. He's not you know, an out-and-out forward on out of it. He's, he's a former winger, but he's managed to change his game and adapt his game to suit West Ham and, and, and to work harder for the team. Is that what differs between them? Um, uh, to be honest with you, I've always seen an out of it as a striker anyway. I know, you said, I know he's, he's always been a wide player, but for me, he's always been a one-two up top man uh, and play him up front because he's got pace, he's got strength, he's got a good touch. He's got ability. He's dangerous. He's aggressive. I mean, that's exactly what you want in a striker. You'd rather have him up front than, in, like, like I said, out wide. Don't get me wrong. He's going to get in. He's going to get in the game out wide, but not as, if he's your focal point down the middle. Then he's going to cause a lot of damage. And when West Ham play well, that's shown already that he will cause that damage. And for me, once again, Hernandez has, has got a problem because Anatovic is a better player. That's no disrespect to Hernandez because he's a world-class finisher. He's a goal scorer and he's world class at doing that. But Anatovic has got an all round game. He's got that pace. He's got that aggression. He can hold the ball. He can beat. He's just a real handful. So I think that always gives Anatovic the knock, uh, the nod over uh, Hernandez. Yeah, we've seen how important he is, and hopefully he's fit for for Chelsea at the weekend. Steve, how, how do you 
do you think this this win, given how how much it surprised a lot a lot of people that we went to Everton and, and got a result? Do, do you think that this sh- this is the sort of result that you can see now West Ham building on and perhaps getting something from that Chelsea or Man United those many Chelsea or Man United fixtures? Yeah, I do. I do. I think we could get something from the Chelsea fixture. You know, but to be honest with you, for me, when I see the team sheet in the first four games, I was disappointed. Desperately disappointed for the likes of Robbie Ang and Noble. Mm. You know what I mean? For me, they're very great. And, and, and Rice, of course, after getting dropped. I think they're three players that you've got to work around. You've got your two West Ham boys in there as well. And as much gets said about a lot of it, sometimes you can move away from the fact. For me, I think you should always have a core of four in that side. But obviously that's very hard to do because you've got to produce four quality players. And that's down to the academy. Mm. But if you can get that little... Nobes, again, yesterday was, was outstanding. And people, people, a lot of people say he's got no legs. I didn't see him stop. Yeah. I did not see him stop yesterday. He gets criticised for having no legs. I totally disagree with that after yesterday's performance. You know, maybe people should see that. I'd like to see the distance he covered. Well, regularly last year, regularly last year, he was he was covering more than anyone else in 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 any of our fixtures in that midfield. He was he was running more than anyone else. Yeah, well, there's, there's the answer to having no legs. I think, <laughs> uh, once again, I think people try and retire people off a little bit too early. If you have a few bad results, oh, so all of a sudden someone gets the ball. Well, really, knows he's, he's he's our best player. He's been in the Premiership for eleven years. Mm. He knows it. He can play it. He survived it. He's been in the top half. He's been in the bottom half. He, he wears his heart in his sleeve. You can't you, you can't get a better player for that for that role. Well, I've always said you don't. I mean, he's played what under what five, six, maybe seven managers at West Ham, and he's still captain. He's still there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I've said to a lot of my a lot of my mates that who support other clubs, and they go, oh, you know, he's still still got Mark Noble in your midfield. Like, what's going on there? You've got no ambition. It's like, well, he must be quite good, given that he's he's played under all those managers and he's stayed in that first team and he's been given the armband for all these years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can you can quite clearly see by yesterday's performance again the performance is towards the end of last season as well. Yeah, he, he he was he was firing the end of last season. I remember him smashing a goal in as well. If I'm not, if I'm right, you know what I mean. He's, he's a top top player. But once again, I do. I, it's great to see Declan Rice in now, and it'd be be superb if somehow uh, uh, Pellegrini could bring another one or two um, local boys or through the academy, push them through. Because I do I do like it when you've got four or five players like that. Eddie Howe's done that very well at mm. Bournemouth. And look how well Bournemouth are doing it. He gets that little group. You've got to have a little togetherness. You know what I mean? You've got to have a bit of home talent without a shadow of a doubt. You can't go totally international and it don't work. You know, so it'd be... Um, no, it's good. Let's look it up. And I think I think there's positives for the Chelsea game. There's no reason with a, with a 60,000 crowd behind us. You know, we, could, we, could, we beat them in the cup a, a year ago and we was... We was having a bad, was a bad form at the time, so there's no reason why we can't turn them over at home. There you go, um, Steve. Very just, very quickly. One last question. One man that's you know had had a much maligned West Ham United career and is, I believe, out of contract in the, at the end of the season is Andy Carroll. Um, you know, injured again. But if he can get himself back and fit again, can you see him working his way into to Manuel Pellegrini's starting eleven, into his plans, and and potentially extending his deal at the London Stadium? I would have to think that he's going to have to put in a twenty-game 
injury-free spell to get another, at least to get a sniff of another contract. And if he does, it will probably be a play, a pay as you play because of the five years of injuries he's had. There's no doubt about. For me, I've always said that a fit Andy Carroll. You've got Andy Carroll fit for a season to be in the England squad, no mm. question. Yeah, he's a real handful. He's got a bit about him. He's, he's obviously there's loads of talent inside there, but the, the guy just can't stay fit. You know, it's just it's just sad, really. Um, if Dean Ashton's another one of them cases, what 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 a talent Dean Ashton was, you know. And then obviously got a bad injury, couldn't play again. I mean, Dean Ashton could have gone on to be a well beater. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and Andy Carroll, Andy Carroll, I think the same. But obviously, he would have been in the England squad if he was fit. But he just can't get fit. So the decision is going to be on West Ham and on himself. But he's going to have to put. He's going to have to put. I would have thought a three, four-month spelling with no injury. There you go. Steve, thank you very much for joining us this evening, pal. It's been a, a pleasure speaking to you. Steve Jones, former West Ham United striker. Let's go, though, to the line. It's 0208 If you want to have your say this evening, we're talking West Ham till 9 o'clock. And Richard is in Braintree. Evening, Richard. Evening. <laughs> um, yeah, it's nice to um, to be on the um, this um, radio sports channel. And... Uh, I think what um, West Ham did yesterday was uh, a good performance, and I think the, for for Mem- Manuel Pellegrini to celebrate his, um, his birthday with a win at Everton, I think this is the beginning because the first four games it was a bit of a shamble, even though we did score a few times. But I think to lose four games. Uh, on the row and to come into a game against Everton was a difficult task but I think um, Pellegrini did very well with his um, team and selecting um, that uh, Ukrainian international to get two goals and for Anatovic to get a third is absolutely a massive achievement uh, for West Ham and now now we managed to get our first win and out of the relegation zone and going into Chelsea's, uh, going to next week against Chelsea at home is a difficult task. But uh, if we can pick up points and good performance like we did yesterday, I'm pretty sure that uh, we'll get results that we needed and carry on supporting the team and the management uh, throughout the season. Richard, do you, th- do you think that this is the start of something, something special under Pellegrini now? I think it is because um, although Manuel Pellegrini has a recent experience in the uh, the Premiership with Man City, he's won the title with them, and I think this. Uh, although he's paid uh, over a hundred million for these players, and uh, I think this is just the beginning. Because as long as we keep the faith in the manager and give it the support he needs, and get results the right way instead of the wrong way, I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll turn this around. Did you watch the game yesterday, uh, Rich? Yes, I did. And I think that uh, Yarmolenko, who got got the two goals, I think um, because he did score that penalty in his um, international duty. And I think this is, I think that gave him the confidence that he needed to score those two goals yesterday. And as long as he keeps playing, and uh, I reckon you'll get more. Brilliant stuff, Richard. And what about your uh, your thoughts of the future? Are you happy with uh, the appointment of uh, of Pellegrini? What what are your ambitions as a as a West Ham fan? Um, well, I think the um, 
Well, appointing Manuel Pellegrini, I think it's just the um, that we need a manager who has experienced um, um, in the Premier League. Although David Moyes last season kept us up, which is a massive achievement, and I thought we were going to keep him uh, throughout the season, but. Um, but I think that uh, I put my faith in Memo Pellegrini. And if he can do well, like he did with Man City, I think we might be, uh, be comfort, uh, comfortable in the top half of the table. And as long as he gets results that he wants, and if he does a good cut run for us, I think this will be a massive achievement for West Ham. Brett, you've been top-notch. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, let's talk to Baz Cox now. West Ham United uh, super fan, I think. I, I think I think he deserves that title. Evening, Baz. Evening, how you doing? Yeah, very well, thanks, pal. I believe you're a happy hammer. Oh, great day yesterday. Fantastic performance all round, to be fair. And, and a good team selection with um, the two central defensive midfielders, with Bobby Ang and Declan Rice, who, for me, a pair of them are absolutely superb. Did you go yesterday, Baz? I don't miss a game, mate. I, go I could, I could tell by your voice. My voice is finished. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually got to sing yesterday. <laughs> I mean, what was it like, you know, being in that away section? Because it's not an end, is it? It's it's in it's it's tucked away uh, at Everton, a, a lovely old ground uh, down there. But what was it like, you know, just that feeling of victory away from home? Um, it's it's always a nice one, isn't it? Yeah, you, the thing is, and we went to Arsenal a few weeks ago and we didn't deserve to lose there, in my opinion. I don't think we'd done enough to win, but we certainly did deserve to lose. And and yesterday, we went 2-0 up comfortable, just switched off for five minutes before half-time. They get a goal back at a good time for them. And like at half-time, you're thinking, oh, we can't give this away again, surely to God. But second half, credit to them, come out really, really, really well organised throughout. And I, I do think we deserve to win the game overall. But it's going to sound mad because our two centre-halves are good, our two central defensive midfielders are good, and our goalkeeper is really good again. Baz, I, I mean, t- talk to me about... Uh, I mean, we, we spoke to Steve Jones earlier about um, Mark Noble and, and, and Dick and Rice and... Declan Rice in particular, I mean, he had a tough time against Liverpool, didn't he? And then we haven't seen him since. But he's come in and he's, he's played a blinder like he did yesterday. Yeah, but let's, let's not forget, right, he also came in against AFC Wimbledon. Now, I know it's AFC Wimbledon, but he stood out above everybody. And we had Yarmolenko that day. We had Hernandez that day. We had Obiang that day. Mm. We had... Um, they'll say Yarmolenko, Anderson. You know, these players featured Snodgrass... And Declan Rice stood out in front of all of them again. He got bombed last year under Billich at Newcastle away. He dropped out the squad for one mistake, bought off at half-time, yeah. wasn't seen again. Reece Oxford had the same thing a year before, and, and it killed his confidence. Declan Rice had it with Billich last year, David Moyes last year after Arsenal. He had it at Liverpool this year. And every single time, he's come back he's come and back, better than yeah. ever. The, the, the lad is just a proper, proper footballer and professional. And, you know, he played that role yesterday, a role that he's only had 45 minutes at this season in the Premier League against Liverpool, who are, for me, whoever finishes above them win the league. They're one of the best teams in the league. Mm. Now, there was 11 of us and we had 11 bad players. That lad got bombed out at half-time and then bombed out the following squad. Mm. Now, it, it can't all be him. It's easy at West Ham for me to pick her... 
a full guy and a scapegoat. He got it at Liverpool. If he ain't playing, Mark Noble gets it. Now, Mark Noble yesterday played the front of the three. That's not his position. He played well, though, didn't he? We, we, he did, you know, and he ain't going to run past defenders and get round them through pace and through skill. We all know that. But what he done yesterday, he, he just run across the line the whole time to try and not let them play out, which stopped them doing it, made them have to play long balls. And in fairness... They were quite clever at um, Everton. They targeted Masuaku at left-back, and they'd done well there, to be fair. I feel for him, because he gets exposed. He ain't a left-back, but he did do really well yesterday. Mm. But it, it, for me, he's still out of position, and that is our weak point. Zabaleta at right-back again yesterday, different class. The man just gives you 250% does, every yeah. single week. Mm, um, Baz, just touching on Masuaku again, uh, what are your thoughts on him? I know... Uh, your preference is probably Cresswell at left back. Um, do you still stand by that? I, I do playing four at the back. If, if mm. you're playing a, fat, a flat back four, the, the balance for me is Cresswell and Zabaleta. Yep. If, if you want full backs that are going to get forward, you, you've got to play Mazaraku and Fredericks to keep your balance on the side. But like yesterday, when we when we went forward with the full backs joining in, if it was Zabaleta went forward, we still had Weiss and Obiang sitting with um, Balbuena, Diop and Masuaku. Mm. So we always had five defending. Before yesterday, we were playing with Fredericks and Masuaku, getting, both getting forward, and one central defensive midfielder. We are having three defenders. Mm. That's why we were getting caught. And I just hope he takes note of that, that thing yesterday, that system with the two holding central midfielders, because it really, really did work for us. With that, I mean, I said earlier that you know, this win should should be a, a bit of a springboard for us. Now I know we've got a couple of like, two or three tough games coming up with Chelsea United and Tottenham coming up as well. But do, can you see can you see this being the you know the win that really kickstart our season, Baz? Yeah, I, I can. I, I don't think it's going to mean we're going to go on a run where we're going to win ten games on the trot. Because no. as you said, you know, Chelsea at home next. It'll be a game that they'll definitely be up for, but whether you like to admit it or not they're class and, and a player like Hazard at the moment in the full meeting he can beat teams alone mm. but if we got beaten yesterday they would have gone to Chelsea smashed no confidence and, and it would have been another formation and set up that ain't worked he would have tried something different again and, and there would have been no consistency and no organisation they are now attacked that game knowing they've won a game away from home Mm. And after a good performance and a good team performance, there ain't a player you could have looked at yesterday and went, he didn't do much, he didn't do anything. They all put a shift in and, and every player could walk out with their head held high and think, I've had a good game today. Baz, how do you so, guys how do you guys take this you know, this game and this result? I know it's only one result, but how do you take it into into the next five or ten games? Obviously West Ham need to build some momentum so they propel themselves away from that sort of uh, that trapdoor area if you like. Um but 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 what does Pellegrini do? Does he stick with it? If it, is it a case of if it ain't broke, don't fit? So let's be fair. Javi Grathy at Watford, he he's played the same starting lineup five games in a row. They beat Spurs. Um, they narrowly lost to Manchester United. They picked mm-hmm. up you know twelve points from a possible fifteen. Is there something inconsistency in lineups? There's got to be because, again, you know, if you keep changing your defence, y- your goalkeeper needs to know what he's playing with. Balbuena and Diop as the two centre-backs have done really well for me the last two or three games, whatever it's been. I know we've been beaten, but they look better than what it looked originally. So 
they're, they're getting to know each other's game. The keeper's getting with them. The full-backs, if he's got that same back four in front of him, and I think Declan Rice said it in the West Ham interview on West Ham's actual site after the game yesterday, the whole game he was talking to Izzard Diop and Valbuena, who were behind him, and he was talking to them. So there's communication. And, and West Ham, it's just looked so distant all season. Mm. Apart from the Arsenal game, there was a team, there was a team, um, what I'm looking for, a team spirit of that, where everybody wanted to work for each other. That game for me, Anderson played more central, and he was a bigger threat. Yesterday, he'd done well. And people like I see on Twitter today, he's not this, he's not that. You know, because of his price tag, they want flicks and tricks and they want goals mm. from 30 yards. It's difficult. You've got to remember, like, Dennis Bergkamp took 12 games to get into the Premier League. Now, he's probably one of the best players to ever play in this league. Give Anderson time. Stop mm. getting on his back. And, and yesterday, the fans were fantastic. From start to finish, were fantastic. We got called out a few times for results for the fans not being good. Um, the manager done it when we lost at home to Bournemouth, said about him leaving. Personally, I don't agree with it because sometimes people leave the ground early to get away from the rush and the queues outside. Um, sometimes you've seen enough. If the fans, well, the players ain't giving you nothing to feedback of, why do you want to sit there? I stay till the end, personally, but I don't blame anyone who wants to get up and go. But yesterday, from start to finish, they were fantastic. Yet I've not seen one comment from anything on West Ham official site saying our fans are superb yesterday but they'll blame us when we get beaten at home that's what's the frustrating thing let's let's talk about the owners they spent a lot of money in the summer um, it was a bit you know ambitious bringing in Pellegrini and, and after everything that happened last year Baz <coughs> and it's, 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 we seem to have they seem to no one's really talking about them. They've kind of gone back into gone back into their shadows. We haven't heard from Sullivan for ages. I mean, can you see that relationship between between the board and the fans ever really being fixed? I mean, I, 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 I can't. I think the. I think, my, I think me personally, many, I think those bridges have been burned. But um, I, I mean, we've not really many, heard from them. No, I think there's too many important things that have been taken. I don't want to sound like, and well, I'm going over and around Upton Park. You know, that's mm. what West Ham stood for. Yeah. And turning up match days, you know, the uh, it was hostile. It wasn't welcoming for any football club to go there and play there. Now it, it's like come and join in. You know, come and have a game with us. It's easy. But there's no way in a million years any fan can realistically blame them for this summer not showing any form of ambition yeah. we asked for David Sullivan to keep out of transfers we asked for David Sullivan to keep out of team selections we've asked for a world class man we asked for a transfer budget they've given us all that this summer mm. everything you know in, in before the end of season last year David Gold was on the West Ham Way talk show and there was uh, stories come out of there that the budget was going to be 60 million they spent 100 million pounds yeah yeah, and, and there's a hundred million pounds on who their manager wanted. David Sullivan didn't make these such signings. They signed the manager, the players the manager wanted. That deserves respect. Whether they're right or wrong, it's not their fault now. If that team don't work, that's the manager's problem. That's not theirs because they've done what we all wanted and what their manager wanted. Well, like, yeah, I, no, I, I noticed um, it was when I think it was when Bournemouth went two one up. And that first home game, and the fans, all the fans around me, everyone's looking at each other. I'm like, who do we blame now? Then, 
Who do you play now? It's fashionable, like with Twitter, it's fashionable now to be negative about West Ham. No, even today, the thing with Perez on the yeah. bench yesterday, the manager's thrown cold water on it, put the fire out, it was nothing. The players come out and made a statement, it was nothing. But yet still people, well, you see his face. Well, that's a picture. You don't know what's being said. Nah. Nah. All, all you're seeing is a picture. Yes, it doesn't look good. But if your manager has said it's nothing, the player said nothing, trust it. If yeah. you don't trust it, it ain't ever going to work. And for me, they both squashed it. And the story's dead now, but people still want to make a mountain out of a molehill because it's fashionable to have bad press and negativity around West Ham United. I think the key word here, Baz, for fans, for, for players, for, for pundits, is patience, right? 100%. And, and again, the story's come out last week that after the defeat against Wolves at home, senior players stood up in the dressing room and, and said it weren't enough. Like people weren't given enough. It's rumoured to have been Mark Noble. Again, Declan Rice in an interview yesterday said that before the game yesterday, both Noble and Zabaleta, bearing in mind he's only been with us for a year, drilled into everyone. You go out there and you give it your all, whatever the outcome. If we do that, we can't be blamed. If you don't and not pulling your weight, we've got issues. Now, it's taken for players to do this. It should never have come to this. We've lost we lost the first four games. Two of them games are write-offs anyway, in my opinion. Mm. Liverpool away, if you get anything, it's a bonus. Arsenal's just as tough. If you get anything, it's a bonus. Losing to Bournemouth at home from a winning position is a bad result. Losing at home to Wolves is a bad result. That's no disrespect for their clubs. But they'd say exactly the same if we go to their grounds and we beat them this year. Mm. They certainly would, Buzz. Buzz, you are uh, you, you're an absolute legend, pal. Thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you go and rest that voice. Yeah, we we we, we want to get you back on at some point. Thank you once again for joining us, Buzz Cox, West Ham United fan. There with us, uh, Lucas Perez has been involved in in a bit of sensationalism, a bit of I'm not sure who started this off. Whether it was a paper, whether it was someone on Twitter, whether it was a fan. I mean, I've seen some absolutely shocking comments from West Ham fans going, "He's not my player." He shouldn't be playing for my... Give it a rest, mate. Come on. And it's got to the point where he's so annoyed by this. Luke Perez, bless him. And I've got to use that phrase, bless him. He's decided to come out with a statement. Now, this statement reads, Ante las falsas informaciones... Sorry, I mean, the English <laughs> one says, Given the false information spread by the media that has affected my image, I'm obliged to explain the only truth. I've never, ever refused to warm up in my whole career, let alone play a match. In my current club, the players on the bench warm up in a series of three to five minutes... In continuous rotation in the moment that Marco got injured I was on the bench after warming up the coach called me to go out to play however having realized that it was faster to substitute Antonio in who at that moment was warming up he changed his decision the images that have been uh, misinterpreted correspond to a talk with the goalkeeper's coach in which I had refused to warm up and explain what happened as a professional I accept the decision and I'll continue working hard to have as many minutes as I can I mean you got to feel for him. He's just been absolutely eaten up and spat out by social media. Well, having watched the game, it, it was actually originally from Sky Sports that they were like, "Oh, well, we're hearing that he's refused to he's refused to come on." So you can imagine everyone watching at home have gone, oh, "Hang on, that's not right." And you know, so it's wrong from Sky Sports to have just assumed that that that's what's happened just because. Okay, he didn't look happy on the bench, but that could have been for any reason. Um, so for them to go with that. Oh yeah, I mean, it could have been. It could have just not said anything at all, and everyone, no one would have really batted an eyelid. Mm. But 
they've decided to say, oh, from, oh, it's a bit worrying, we've heard, or as uh, as we believe it, and it's like, well, you know, you just made that up, really, haven't you? So I feel sorry for him. I'm glad he came out with that statement earlier, put it to bed, but Pellegrini put it to bed in his post-match press conference, he went, that's no problem at all. So and he said, said exactly the same thing as, Pe- uh, as Perez said today. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it at the game, at the game uh, being there, but on the way home I heard about it, and um, to me... What Sky Sports was saying, it was like he, he refused to play and stuff like that. But the media are so quick to make assumptions nowadays, and anything they can get a story from, they will. Mm. Um, just because a player's sitting there, well, granted he didn't look happy at what was going on, you can't just assume something's happened and then make a big story. Like Sky Sports, they're one of the biggest um, media outlets right now, so people are going to believe what they're tweeting out and so- sort of saying on commentary. But the fact that Lucas Perez has had to come out publicly and say... What he what he said is a bit of a joke, really, because it's not fair, is it? Yeah, it's not fair on him as a player, um, his reputation as a player, because there'll be fans from other clubs now looking at him like, well, that's Lucas Perez, the one that refused refused to play. We don't want him at our club, and it's given him a bad reputation for something that he hasn't done. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have preferred to see him on the pitch rather than Antonio, but mm. if that's the way it works, if you know, if he wasn't ready and Antonio was ready, then you know, I, I, I back Pellegrini's decision yeah. to, to to do that. You'd rather have a, you know. If, or you, if you put him on and he's not warmed up and he goes and pulls a hammy, mm. he's out for three or four months. So, and Pellegrini will understand, uh, Perez will understand that and, you know, just make sure he's ready next time. So, I just think it's about time people just, you know, forgot about this. Laid off him a bit. Just mm. mo- just move on. But we, we've seen this, uh, and uh, I think uh, Frankie will agree with me, that recently, because of the situation that we've been in, because West Ham have been, you know, uh, so much has gone on at the club over the last two or three mm. years, that any any inkling of a problem or um, or an issue at the club, and it's, it's you know, back pages, it's, it's all over social media, everyone's mm. laughing at us, we're the, we're the laughing stock of England at the moment. Um, and it, it, would you say that? I would. I would definitely yes. say that. I would definitely say that. I mean, everyone laughed at us last year. Or everyone laughed at us when we moved the stadium. We weren't winning football matches. Everyone laughed at us when we got David Moyes in. Everyone laughed at us. You know, when we were in all these relegation battles, the whole like the protests at Burnley. You know, mm-hmm. if you weren't a West Ham fan, you thought it was absolutely superb what was going on. Yeah. You know, and I, and I get that. If you're Millwall or Tottenham or Chelsea or Arsenal, do you, do you think that's something brilliant. to do with the owners though? That people have this sort of dislike for the owners. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, owners have become you know they, they've been sort of plummeted into the spotlight more and more it, it's become a bit of a fashion accessory to own a football club I think how many years ago would I mean 20-30 years ago you'd never have known who the, the, the executive vice chairman of Manchester United is but mm. Ed Woodward seems to have planes flown you know pe- people are flying planes with messages you know you know, to, to, to about him uh, above grounds you've got um, obviously Golden Sullivan who, who have been you know notorious football club owners and who haven't always got on with um with, with their their fans but owners have become this sort of easy tool to go and bash effectively but yeah potentially it's, it's not just that though. i mean everything that's happened at the football club whether it's been due to the owners or or due to what's gone on on the pitch or or the manager there's always something negative that's come out of it in the press whether that's rightly or wrongly and i just felt as if yesterday it was just a na- it was pe- they saw it as potentially another opportunity to, to have some negative light on West Ham 
because it was another thing that they could go oh look look what else is happening at West Ham this is brilliant you know they've lost four games in a row and, and now their players refusing to come on and play so it's nice that they've come out and just put that to bed and gone no that wasn't the, that wasn't the issue and just shut everyone up a little bit because it's getting a little bit tired as us West Ham fans you know it's, it's bad enough as it is isn't it Frankie that you know we're going through this time before we got the win yesterday that you know can't get can't get a win spent all this money everyone was buzzing before the season and then suddenly everyone's laughing at us every single story reading the paper's negative and then you get you get a made up story like that which is it's really frustrating yeah it's like we're just not allowed to be happy as a West Ham fan <laughs> um, the first time our first, well, on course for our first win 3-1 up away at Everton um, and the focus is on something that hasn't even happened mm. um, it's just it's just a bit frustrating now it's just getting getting a bit tedious and the media need to stop focusing so much on the negatives of West Ham although they, they won't because of the uh, what 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 it attracts to uh, to viewers of other fa- of opposition fans but I just don't I just don't understand from from our point of view um it's it's always going to it's always going to happen as a West Ham fan because it always has and I think it always will but I just don't see it happening as much at other clubs and maybe it is an issue maybe it isn't maybe we're overthinking it but to me it just seems like they need to lay off West Ham a bit mm. and just let let us perform without that patience let them do their jobs let's talk now uh, to Yannick from the Yannick on Chelsea podcast a preview that massive London derby Sunday lunchtime it's going to be a a, a right footballing feast evening Yannick how you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, all good, Dan. Thank you very much for, uh, for 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 joining us. I'm with uh, James and, uh, and and Frankie as well. Yannick, um, a, a good win against Cardiff City. You know, obviously they took the lead uh, uh, first off, but you know, a hat trick or so. Is it was it three or four for Eden Hazard? It was three goals for Eden three Hazard. Three goals for there you go. Hat trick for, for for Eden Hazard. I mean, correct, yeah. what what will Chelsea, you know, be feeling going into this West Ham United game? Obviously, it's it's not an easy place to go, the London Stadium, especially when it's a London derby. Yeah. So West Ham always ceremoniously had like a sort of a knack of beating Chelsea after they were on a bit of a bad run. So almost superstitiously, I'm quite pleased they got a good result at, um, at Everton because um, there's a few sort of um, well, Chikorita always seems to score against us. Javier Hernandez, he's got an excellent record against us, and West Ham have got quality across the pitch. There's just um, they just haven't gelled yet, and I think there's a there's a danger of that happening. But we're in we're in fine form. Every, everything seems to be coming together, but that that doesn't necessarily count for our defence at the moment. There's a few things that can get us some balls over the top, certainly with a, the way our defence pushes up, that's a danger. Not necessarily that West Ham will do that, but looking at how they performed against Everton and how they're starting to click and how they might have solved that midfield problem. And also the left foot of Yarmolenko looks a little bit dangerous and the talismanic Arnautovic looks like a, he could be a proper threat. So I, I think with the sort of um, the derby theme, it usually is a bit of a tasty game. Anything could probably, uh, anything could happen. And to be honest, from the way things are going, I'm kind of being a little bit pessimistic. But I'm, I'm, I almost want the slip up to sort of get out of the way. But if there was like a two-all draw or something, I'd probably be okay with that. But you never know with West Ham. Of course, it was. It was actually. Um, it was. It was against Chelsea last year that we we first witnessed the Arnautovic that we're seeing now. He got the winner, didn't he? At, um, at London yeah. Stadium, it was a one-nil win, wasn't it? I mean. 
you mentioned that he's you know talismanic and he's uh, is is that how how are Chelsea how do you think Chelsea are going to line up to try and stop Arnautovic doing the same as he did last year I mean Sari seems to be quite stubborn in his in his system that he's trying to trying to implement at Chelsea isn't he sure absolutely he won't he won't flex Sari he's um same as we said at Napoli so we've got style we've got formation this is how we play against everyone that might be to his detriment eventually but we'll have to see Arnautovic when when he fancies it. Um, I don't want to critique him because, you know, seeing what he can do, he hasn't always done it. But when he fancies it, he literally can run the game from a centre-forward perspective, certainly an all-round centre-forward. And um, is, is he a midfielder, Felipe Anderson, or is he a forward? So he's, he's, like, he's like an inside forward, I, I would I would say. He's like a winger strike inside forward. Mm, but he, he certainly runs deep and he can he can feed it on average. I don't know. I think for for, for us, that's certainly our frailty. It'll be Arnautovic, you know, running at Louise. <laughs> and that will be a, that will be the worry. And, you know, looking at Yarmolenko, he looks like he looks like he could really fit. I wasn't sure about that signing. But then again, just to go off on a really brief tangent, West Ham, over this, like, last sort of extended period, they, your, your signings, including the managerial, I think at first it's really, really good. And then I think, oh, is it good? Or how's it going to work? Or they used to be really good. Or are they really good? And I, I really couldn't get my head around what was, you know, what these signings were like at West Ham. But looking at it now, I think the quality could gel. Um, and Yarmolenko and Arnautovic, if they do make that partnership, there's nothing to stop them. If there's a bit of a feel-good factor going into the London Stadium with, with you guys, fans, then that... You know, it could be a danger, and I'm not overly confident with this Chelsea defence because it's not, the way we defend now. It's like you you said, it's, it's a sorry way. It's very systematic, so it, that's going to be a time thing. The only the, the the way that we'd probably beat West Ham would be passing through the midfield. I think that three you played uh, yesterday, whenever it was, that was probably mm. be your best uh, in terms of chemistry and sort of balance, but that's still new and it would still be in its infancy and you know our midfield passing now looks excellent and obviously we've got the front three and Hazard seems to be on a, in good in good form as well so going forward I see us scoring goals and so maybe exposing uh, Zabaleta a little bit for pace um, who's your other fullback on the other side who are you playing Masawaku Masawaku yeah Masawaku he's quite, he's quite quick isn't he mm. um, yeah so maybe, you know it depends maybe you go down that flank but I think there'll be goals, to be honest. I, I, I think West Ham will probably score. And, you know, if, if, uh, if there is a bit of an atmosphere in the London Stadium now, then, it, you know, they could get behind the, and the fans could get behind the players. And I don't know if it will lose, but I think there could be a score draw there. Probably, you know, but we, could, we could win. But that's the thing. You'll probably start with Arnautovic and uh, Yarmolenko up there. And then even if, if you're not winning, if Hernandez comes on, it's, you know, he always scores against Chelsea. <laughs> so, it's a, you know, I think it'll be an entertaining game. Um, it'll be, a, you know, a good, a good, fun London derby. And I think everyone will be up for it, so it'll be, it should be a really good game. But I'd, I'd, I'd certainly give West Ham a chance. I actually said this on the latest episode of the podcast. I was talking about West Ham and how, you know, they could easily, easily get, they could get a couple of goals against us. Um, Yannick, what do you think is making Chelsea click so well this season? Is it the impact Sari has made since arriving? Um, is it the players sort of now performing to the level that they should be? What is it? Is it is it mainly down to Sari's uh, appointment? Yes. Yeah, I, I want to give the 
board a lot of credit because um, they saw what was happening. We've obviously got a lot of quality and uh, sort of high class, expensive players, and they are going to play well when happy. They were happy with Conte in the in early doors because systematically he changed it and it was really working in the Prem and they were like okay we work with you know we're sweating our nuts off here but it's working and obviously in true Chelsea fashion uh, it, it turns on its head and everyone is unhappy and the, and the board are quite smart with they, they never have long-term intentions for managerial um, uh, appointments because it's not the Chelsea way we haven't you know they see it, the, fre- the constant freshening it up is what is what you know has given us so much success on the Roman but um, they, I think they've seen Hazard, Willian, Hazard saying, you know, flirting with Madrid. If Conte stays, him and Willian are gone off the bat. And then this guy comes and they look around Europe and they say, this guy's playing expressive football. He talks about nurturing the inner child and fun. I think that's right. And they made a really sort of um, intelligent appointment. And he comes in, he's relatively laissez-faire, but he does drill them. Not as hard as Conte, but they've been conditioned by Conte. So it's, it's already a bit lighter and they're okay by that. Mm. And he's brought possession football and, and footballers these days they like keeping the ball unless you're like um Leicester doing a dogged you know counter-attacks league winning campaign without the ball which was okay became vogue for a while to not have the ball footballers you know they want to have the ball and they want to have fun and this is going to give our forwards a chance to truly express themselves so it's a feel-good factor the tactics is one thing but I think it's a really simple it's, it's a big simplicity of just keeping the ball and expressing yourself you know, high pressure. It's a bit more risk-taking, you know, 10 times more than Conte. And mm. players like that, you know, when, when they back themselves and they know they've got quality, they have fun and uh, players that have fun. It's like we're not saying with Alnautovic, when he, you know, he might not be having a good time at Stoke, but at West Ham, he sees quality around them now. He sees, like, an intention for a project. And now, mm. he, you know, he fancies it. He's got his head down. And when he proper goes for it, we can all see what he does. So it's a sort of good example, really. Any, any opportunity or any chance that Hazard might come, or might just sort of suffer with a, a, a mystery injury between now and the game, mate? <laughs> a tight groin. Because <laughs> we could, re- just... no, no disrespect to, to you guys, but I mean, we could really do with him not playing because he's outsta- he's been outstanding this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, I mean, my fantasy football and <laughs> my Chelsea head would suffer. No, he's, I think he's just going to go for it. Really. I mean. Um, it, you know, I, I mean, you guys, you guys will play football, but at the moment we we're all terrified that Cardiff. We're just going to keep trying to stick one on him and rotating fouls. But um, no, I think he does think. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't promise you he's not going to score goals. But I don't know. He started well, but he, we don't know unless like he, um, we're struggling away in Greece on Thursday, and he he has to come off the bench to save us. Then there might be some rotation, but there is a. There's a danger that you might have to put him as captain on your fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Give us a uh, a quick score prediction, Yannick. Oh God! See, I've got I've got I'm, you know a Chelsea fan. I've got to be optimistic. So I think you guys will score. But I'm gonna. It's an away game. It's a tough. It's a derby. Three two Chelsea. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much for joining us this evening, Yannick. It's uh, Yannick from the Yannick on Chelsea podcast. We've been tweeted an article, and it goes like this: It's bad news for Wilshere's surgery on Tuesday. Jack Wilshere could be out of action for up to six weeks after learning that he goes into hospital tomorrow for ankle surgery. The midfielder looks set for a lengthy layoff as his 
his history of surgery continues. I'm afraid it's bad news as he will be operated on tomorrow and the diagnosis is that he could be out for five or six weeks. Naturally, we're, we, there's no confirmation from the club, nothing from Jack Wilshere, nothing's gone on on social media. However, it's bad news. Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as I found out he was injured, I was kind of half expecting something like this to come out. Yeah. It's it's the it's what happens when you sign a player like Jack Wilshere with the injury record that he's got. I mean... It's frustrating because I know he hasn't had the best of starts, but he has shown shown some some you know some good good form. Uh, very very quickly, the Guardian have now just confirmed that Jacob Steinberg and the Guardian uh, saying West Ham have been dealt a blow after a match that Jack Wilshere will be out for six weeks following surgery on an ankle injury. Uh, so there you have it, chap. Six weeks without Wilshere. Disappointing, but not unexpected to be honest. Um, quality player on his day, yeah. but it's just the injuries that come with him. It's always a risk. It was a risk signing him, and it's a shame that it's happened so early on in the season. Uh, Steve Doy just tweeted saying, This is a shock. If only there was some indication of being injury prone before we signed him. <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating that we've really got Andy Carroll on the books. And we all about know about his injuries, mm-hmm. and then and then they've gone out. And I mean, I, I was quite, I was all for the, the the Jack Wilshire injury, but it always seems a a West Ham thing to do, isn't it? By yeah. injury prone players, and from what we've seen from the first four games, Jack Wilshire, you know, showed showed signs of some good form, and but then he was he was almost as a guinea pig in those first four games when Pellegrini mm-hmm. was trying to work out that midfield. Um, so it's a shame that as soon as we've as soon as we found one that works, he's he's out for six weeks. Yeah. But what can he do? What can you do? There you go. Uh, Jack Wilshire out of contention for uh, for Manuel Pellegrini and co going forward elsewhere. And um, looking at Marco Arnautovic's injury as well. I mean, what are your thoughts on that initially? Obviously, you know, I don't think there has been a full-on diagnosis, has there? Not seen anything. No, I mean, I think Arnautovic always looks like he's sort of half injured when he's walking around the pitch. Um, hopefully, it's just a precaution. Probably felt something above his knee. Um, it's the same thing that kept uh, that brought him off against Arsenal, and he was back playing the next week. So, hopefully, it's not too serious. Um, if it is, that'd be a huge blow for us, just because of how good he is and how much we we're dependent on him. Mm. But hopefully, it's nothing major, and we'll see him back against Chelsea. He did say in the in the post match interview when he and Noble were being interviewed, and that was the last question they asked was, you know, you, you've come off injured, are you okay? Uh, and he said, I don't know. Um, I've, I've got a bit of pain behind my knee and it's hurting at the moment but we'll see mm. um, but he didn't really look that concerned um, and if it was really that that serious then they wouldn't have let him do the post-match yeah, they'd exactly. have had the physios who'd been all around him trying to treat him so that was quite positive to see him do that po- the post-match media duties and you know I, I think he'll be I think he'll play the, the club will wrap him up in cotton wool for the week and mm. I think he'll be alright it's just frustrating that it's twice now he's had to come off with an injury like that I mean how long before it happened again and he is out for five, six, seven weeks so um, that's when as we said earlier we're going to need the likes of Perez and Hernandez to really step up because I I, I fear that's going to happen at some point in the season there you have it, chaps. Um, looking at Chelsea, obviously, you know, big, big thanks once again for Yann, uh, to Yannick for coming on, but um, is it a case of stop Hazard, stop him? Uh, in parts, yes, because of how good he is and how brilliant he has been this season. But I don't think Chelsea are solely dependent on Hazard. Uh, they've got the likes of uh, Jorginho that's just signed in midfield, uh, fantastic signing, Kovic, Kovic um, William, Pedro. So they've got other options that can damage us uh, and can hurt us. So we've got to be careful with that. But we should be targeting Hazard as someone uh, to to stop because Chelsea will look to get the ball to him. He's their, their main threat. And if we can keep him out of the game, then... 
then we do have do have a much better chance of getting something from the game. Steve Steve Jones said said earlier, didn't he, that we we're expecting Declan Rice to play that holding role again and you know okay he had a bit of an easy ride against Everton but he's gonna have to come up against Hazard at the weekend and that's gonna be a real true true test of where Declan Rice is in terms of the, his ability to play in that role. He's gonna come up against world class players and you know if if he can if he can do a bit of a job on Hazard then you know, I mean, it'd be incredibly impressive. This is, I mean, I, I, we're not, in we're my not. opinion, I think Hazard's, you know, in the top three, four players in the well, world. He's flourishing so, I mean, under Sarri, isn't it? You're expecting a lot from uh, from Hazard, no? I, I'm expecting him to, to score a couple of goals because, one, he loves a goal against us. He's scored quite a few yeah. over the years. And, and, two, he's in the form of his life. You know, he's been given that sort of free, creative role under Sarri where, you know, he, he can play through centrally, which is what he enjoys doing. Um, whenever he plays centrally for Chelsea, he, he makes things happen. He scores goals. He, he creates goals. So, And that's what Sarri's got him doing. He scored five goals in, what, three games. He didn't even play the first two, did he? Mm. Or he'd come off the bench for the first two. So... That's the player. That's the player we've got to come up against. And the thing is, though, you, we're in the Premier League. You've got to play these players at some point, haven't you? Exactly. We, it's not just like stop him and then we stop Chelsea. But he is a fantastic player, in my opinion. He is the best player in the Premier League, and I've mm. said it for the past couple of seasons. Um, that season where he had a bit of a blip, I still backed him. I still said he is the best pre- player in the Premier League, and he's proven it this season. Um, with with De Bruyne out injured, he's sort of shining and taken taken to the spotlight quite well. So we're going to have to be very careful of how we approach that game. Um, Hazard in particular but they have other quality that can hurt us which is quite scary to be honest <laughs> and what about tell them themselves I mean you know 100% record top of the league no I, I look I'll be honest I expected Sarri to be out of a job by Christmas you know I just I just thought you know there'll be too much change there and and whatnot but it seems like the Chelsea board have made the right decision and they are genuine title contenders I think they can you know it, it'll be between them, themselves Man City and Liverpool mm. look I mean, do you think West Ham are the team to stop that 100% record? Are they the ones to uh, to halt things and, and, and maybe just give uh, Sarri food for thought? It's the sort of thing that we would do, isn't mm. it? But Chelsea do this all the time. Chelsea do this all the time. They, they bring a new manager in, they go and win the league. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that this season. Mm. They, they did it with Conte, did it with Mourinho twice. So, But I, 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 I do genuinely think that you know if we can... I think that that win against Everton yesterday is giving the players confidence to. I'm not saying we're going to beat Chelsea, but I think we. I think we, we we've got enough about us now, and we've got enough confidence. We've got you know got a bit of momentum with that that performance and that result to to perhaps nick nick a point, and a point's a huge result given the circumstances. Yeah, definitely. I think. Sorry, this will be Sorry's proper first away test in the Premier League. Um, London derby, West Ham will make it difficult. Hopefully. Um, and it will see what he's like as a manager and how, how he adapts to that game uh, when when we play him on Sunday. Mm. Brilliant stuff, chaps. It's been a fabulous show. Thank you very much for joining me. There you go. It's your West Ham fan chat available on Catch Up via lovesportradio.com via the app as well. Head over to the uh, App Store or uh, Google Play Store and search Love Sport Radio, then select the West Ham fan show. Thanks, chaps. Sports Social Podcast Network.